Well, welcome to this Wednesday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and today is Wednesday, so you know what that means. It's Everyone Wednesday, and we're super excited about this. I love these Everyone Wednesdays. I hope you do, too. The response we're getting is really, really good, especially when we have a resource that has multiple opportunities for people to win. And today here on the program, I have a special guest joining me at the bottom of this hour. Uh, we break the program up into three half-hour segments. And at the beginning of our segment number two, 3.30 Pacific, 4.30 Mountain Time, Craig Huey is going to join me from electionforum.org. He's the writer of the Reality Alert. Craig has been a stalwart for biblical values in the voting booth uh, for many years, as long as we've been doing the Bottom Line show, and even longer than that. And Craig has written a book that we've discussed here on the Bottom Line show before. It's called The Christian Voter. Uh, it's a, a, a powerful resource. Uh, the Christian Voter, How to Vote For, Not Against Your Values, to Transform Culture. You aren't going to find another book. This is a 325-page book. It gives you five reasons why every Christian should vote. Uh, talks about the uh, what happens when Christians don't exercise their right to vote, really addressing the 25 million Americans who are Christians who don't vote. The seven non-negotiables that Christians uh, need to know when going into the, the voting booth. And this book is so powerful. And Craig's a great friend of the Bottom Line Show, and I really appreciate what the work he's done. So he has donated to us 20 copies of this book, and he's going to sign every one of them. So we're going to talk to Craig at about 3.30, and then we're going to open up the phones. But if you already know the phone number and you want to get in on the drawing, 800-227-5278, uh, 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. I don't want to say I can guarantee that everyone who calls the Bottom Line Show today is going to win, but we have 20 copies of this book to give away. So your chances of winning are excellent. 800-227-5278. That's the number to get you through to the bottom line. Okay, Everyone Wednesday is going to be a lot of fun. And speaking of winning, how about a huge victory for the pro-life side of the equation when it comes to whether or not an organization like Planned Parenthood can just randomly attack and say, you're infringing the rights of people by passing pro-life laws. Get a load of this law that was literally uh, held up in court as good by the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals. This happened just the other day. <coughs> you may have heard our friend Jay Seculo on the Seculo Live program that's heard on all the Bottom Line Show affiliates all across the country. They were talking about this because the American Center for Law and Justice provided legal counsel for the state of South Dakota. Planned Parenthood filed a lawsuit against the South Dakota state legislature over a law that had been passed back in 2011 and has been amended by statute just about every year since then. And you'll never guess what Planned Parenthood was so upset about. You ready? Okay. <laughs> the law was passed in May 2011, the initial law, that said a woman considering an abortion in South Dakota needed to visit a pregnancy health center before she could actually agree to have an abortion and schedule the appointment. Now, yeah, that's it. That's why they went to bat. That's why they went to court. Seriously. Now think about this for a moment. The left is constantly bemoaning the fact 
that they are the ones who are champions for justice and, and personhood rights. And my goodness, there's a video that was circulating on Twitter earlier today. President Obama was uh, reaching out to Democrats, basically saying, if you like, you know, abortion, then you really should vote for more Democrats because Democrats like abortion too. And the more Democrats we have in Congress, the more abortion will be protected. And hey, we might even get Roe versus Wade enshrined into federal law. A lot of people don't realize that Roe v. Wade was a Supreme Court decision that was handed down. And based on that decision, it basically told every state that whether or not you legalize abortion in your state, the federal government will recognize a woman's right to privacy and be able to have an abortion. There was no actual law on the books that announced that abortion was the law of the land for all 50 states in the District of Columbia. It's a state's issue, but the Roe versus Wade decision, and then a few years later, the Planned Parenthood versus Casey decision, both of those decisions made it possible for a, a state to say, look, we, we're just going to let women get abortions here. And if someone tries to challenge it, Roe versus Wade. Well, more and more states began passing pro-life laws. As a matter of fact, I'm not saying it's coincidental, but it seems like ever since the bottom line show started, more states have been passing more pro-life legislation. And they're passing bills that drive the left nuts. The left has been used to just basically an open playing field. No speed limit, no stop signs on the road, no line markers whatsoever. You just drive wherever you want to as fast as you want to when it comes to abortion. But then some pro-life lawmakers started passing bills. Like, for example, uh, a woman should have the right to see an ultrasound of her baby before she has an abortion. Do you know how many states have fought a law like that? Doesn't that sound crazy? I mean, think about our friends at Preborn. I mean, Preborn is all about ultrasounds and babies, right? When a woman sees an ultrasound of her child, statistically, not every woman who sees an ultrasound of her child says, oh my goodness, that's my baby. I'm going to become a mother. Or they don't always look at that baby and they say, hey, there's a baby and I can't raise that kid, but I bet there's a family who wants to adopt my child. But with preborn, you've heard me share the statistics. For every 100 women who will come into a pregnancy health center that preborn is affiliated with, 83 of them will see that ultrasound and say, I'm going to raise this child or I'm going to take this child to term and release that child for adoption. 83 out of 100. That's a fancy way of saying 83%. Still, there are 17% statistically of women who will go to a preborn clinic, they'll look at the ultrasound, they'll hear what their three options are, and they'll still pursue an abortion. So it's not 100%. But as more and more people, even more and more people of both political parties are taking this off the table as a political issue. Republicans are pro-life, Democrats are pro-abortion. That's not true. 35% of Democrats are pro-life. 70% of California Democrats don't want abortion legal in the third trimester. 69% of Republicans are pro-life. That means 31% are in favor of some kind of abortion. And it's usually for the exceptions, you know, the uh, health of the mother, if the child was conceived as a result of sexual assault, you know, that type of thing. But those abortions are so few and far between these days that you almost really don't need those except for political purposes, those as excuses or reasons. Why not to do so? Okay, so back to South Dakota. South Dakota basically has a law that says, for all intents and purposes, you need to go to a preborn clinic before you can go get an abortion. 
And by the way, if you want to help provide an ultrasound for a woman in need, $28 gets the job done, every one ultrasound. And basically, you save a baby for 28 bucks. You save five babies for 140. You save 10 babies for five for 280. You save 20 for 560. It's 40 for 1120. You get the idea. Uh, 833-850-BABY is the number to call if you'd like to make a donation to Preborn right now. 833-850-2229 or go to kbrightradio.com or thebottomlineshow.com. You'll see the Preborn banner, a cute picture of a baby right up front. And uh, you go ahead and click the banner and then you can make a donation, I say, in 28 seconds or less. Tax deductible. Every penny you donate goes to the ultrasound. So South Dakota had this law in place back in May of 2011 that said that if you want to get an abortion in South Dakota, you have to go to a pregnancy health center first. And basically, that's where you see the ultrasound. Well, of course, the left screamed. uh, How how could you do this? I mean, how many... uh, Why why would you do this? I'm, I'm sorry, I'm Googling right now how many abortion clinics are there in South Dakota? Because I'm just kind of curious. Um, let's see. South Dakota, well, there's Whole Woman's Health. There's uh, this, that, and the other thing. Um, there, there are a few. Uh, it's interesting to see the Center for Reproductive Rights. It's so funny because they talk about the Center for Reproductive Rights for Women. The baby has no rights. And the whole reason we're talking reproduction is because a woman is going to have a baby. Yet the baby has no rights. Anyway, the number of people who have been impacted by this bill in a negative sense are very few. And yet it's been statued to death. It's been amended to death. Over the past 10 years, you've seen case after case challenging this case in court. Even after Roe versus Wade was overturned by the Supreme Court, still challenges from Planned Parenthood. Well, I told you there's some good news with regard to this case in the Eighth Circuit. We'll look at that coming up next as the bottom line continues. Clients love her. Insurance companies fear her. No other personal injury attorney knows the inner workings of insurance companies like Stephanie Cover of Cover Law. In a cutthroat industry where most attorneys don't even last five years, Stephanie Cover spent 20 years defending insurance companies, never compromising her integrity despite constant external pressure. During those 20 years, Stephanie Cover gained invaluable insight into the tricks of the trade. She knows more about your insurance policy than your adjuster does. Today, Cape Wright's personal injury attorney uses her unparalleled knowledge of the insurance company's playbook to call their bluff every time, even earning the grudging respect from lawyers and adjusters who know they can't get anything by her. She used to defend them. Now she beats them at their own game. Schedule a free, no-obligation consultation at capewrightradio.com slash coverlaw. She knows the other side. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. It's Everyone Wednesday, and we have copies of Craig Huey from Election Forum. has written a book called The Christian Voter. It's We've got 20 of them to give away, 800-227-5278. Don't just take my word for it, though. Listen to my conversation with Craig when he joins me at 3.30 Pacific, 4.30 Mountain today to talk about California propositions and why it really is our responsibility as Christians to vote in every election, but especially in this one. Uh, We're talking about pro-life pregnancy health centers. The fact that they, uh, especially the ones that are affiliated with preborn, have a golden opportunity in front of them 
to minister to women by giving free pregnancy tests and free ultrasounds. And how many uh, people in the pro-abortion movement are anti any ultrasound, whether it's paid for or free? It's interesting. Here's how this case in uh, uh, South Dakota started. 2011, in May of that year, there was a requirement in the reproductive health law that said that a woman considering an abortion in South Dakota had to go to a pregnancy health center first before consenting to the abortion. It doesn't even say that the PHC has to have ultrasound machines, but quite frankly, that's where you're going to find them. Planned Parenthood filed a lawsuit. They said you can't do it. About a month after this was initially passed, a uh, appellate court judge issued a preliminary injunction against that requirement. So then the pro-life pregnancy health centers fought to defend the law. And they've spent the past 10 years with a whole slew of motions, discovery, you know, when you look at witnesses and documents and stuff, evidentiary declarations. I'm saying that like I know what that means. And several amendments to the different statutes. Finally, in December of 2020, now this is a year and a half before Roe versus Wade was overturned, South Dakota state officials and the PHCs filed a joint motion to dissolve the injunction against the third-party counseling requirement. In August of 2021, they had to wait almost nine months, the District Court of South Dakota denied that motion. So that's when the pregnancy health centers all appealed, but that's also when state officials appealed too. Now, you can't, I can't underscore how important this is. Governor Kristi Noem, State Attorney General Jason Ravensburg, and two other state officials hired the American Center for Law and Justice, Jay Sekulow's outstanding group, to represent the state's defendants on appeal. Now, the appeal was, look, this should stay. This is the way South Dakota handles business. Notice South Dakota did not file a law that says we're eliminating all abortions. What they did was they put in a provision that said, if you're going to get an abortion in South Dakota, you first have to go to a pregnancy health center because the PHCs typically have ultrasound machines, free pregnancy tests, doctors who will give you a thorough examination and then will explain to you every option you have. Does that not sound reasonable to you? I think it sounds reasonable. It's part of the reason why I'm so happy to be promoting our friends at Preborn and the work that they do. 833-850-2229. Give a gift of $28. It provides an f- ultrasound treatment, if you will, for a woman who found out she's pregnant, wants to have that pregnancy confirmed, and wants to see what her child looks like. If she goes to that abortion clinic and says, may I ask to see the ultrasound, in some cases, that abortion clinic is forbidden by state law from showing the ultrasound. In South Dakota, quite the opposite. And many, more, probably half of the U.S. now, there are state laws that make it a requirement that if you're going to have an abortion, the first place you need to go is to a pregnancy health center. Now, this type of reasoning, it really isn't that illogical. I think it's in Virginia, for example. If you file for divorce, it is state law or commonwealth law in the commonwealth of Virginia that if you file for divorce, you automatically go through a one-year waiting period. In some states, Georgia might be one of them too, where you actually have to go through marriage counseling before you actually get divorced. You don't have no-fault divorce like they have here in the People's Republic of California where you can just say, I don't want to be married to you anymore. I filed paperwork, and if you don't respond in six months, I win. That's it. So the idea 
that you would have a woman in a situation where she's facing a pregnancy, perhaps it was not planned, or maybe it's going to be a little overwhelming for her, and she says, I'm thinking about ending the pregnancy. The fact that the state of South Dakota says, go to a pregnancy health center first, get the ultrasound if they offer them, and Lord willing, we're going to be placing more ultrasound machines in preborn clinics. But once you've got the ultrasound, and once you've had the good counsel about what your three options are, it's amazing. 83% of women who see the ultrasound say that they would keep their children or release the child for adoption. 55% of women who hear that they have three options, either adoption, abortion, or parenthood, say that they would have chosen either parenthood or adoption if they'd known that those were options. See, these are the dastardly things that pregnancy health centers do. And believe it or not, when you try to pass legislation in a state that's heavily pro-abortion and say, I would like the abortion clinic to have the same medical standards as an outpatient surgical center. Watch the left come unglued. What do you mean? Same requirement. That's, a, that's an outrage. That makes it impossible uh, for, for women to get reproductive care and reproductive justice. And you're denying women access to health care. Do you know how few abortion clinics there are? compared to community health centers in the United States? I mean, Planned Parenthood alone. Do you want to talk about pay no attention to the man behind the curtain? There are 665 Planned Parenthood locations to cover 50 states. Do you honestly think that they can cover geographically the demand for the abortions that they say all American women want? Some states have one Planned Parenthood. Like to serve a million people. It's... It's ridiculous. And when you bring in the, the, the surgical center standard requirement, or here's another one. The abortionist on staff at the abortion clinic need to, needs to have admitting privileges to a local hospital in case something goes wrong. Why are admitting privileges important? Can I tell you a personal story? March 12th, 2018, I had open heart surgery. I've shared that date and time many times before with people. I had a bicuspid aortic valve that was in stenosis, which means it was closing up. I had that replaced with a bovine heart valve. And then also the ascending part of my aorta had an aneurysm in it that was about to burst. If that had burst, I had a 20% chance of survival. I would have bled out. I now have a piece of Dacron. Looks like just a funky piece of tubing in there. So my heart looks pretty weird. <laughs> it really honestly does. About a week after, maybe two weeks after the surgery, Dennis and Kathy Wilson called me one night and they said, hey, there's a restaurant right near your house. We love that place. Can we meet you for dinner? I said, sure, I'll tell you what. It's so close. I've just started walking again. I will walk to the restaurant and meet you there for dinner. So I did. Halfway through, and God bless Kathy Wilson, Dennis is talking about something and I'm just kind of sitting there staring at my plate of seafood. And she looked at me and she said, you don't look so good. Are you okay? You feeling all right? And I said, you know, in all honesty, I don't. And it was hard for me because I'm a go, go type A type of person to look at her and say, I think I need to go home. So they piled me into their car. They drove me two blocks to my house. I went to bed that day and the next day was Monday Thursday. And I woke up, my parents came by the house to pick me up, to take me to church. And I said, would you take me to my cardiologist's office? I'm not feeling right. I went to see my cardiologist, Dr. Brett Wormann, Wortman, Coastal Cardiology in uh, uh, Rancho Santa Margarita. And he said, I think you need to go to the hospital for some tests. And he called the hospital. And you know what happened next? I drove there and they didn't put me in the emergency room. They admitted me into a room right away. Do you know why? Because my cardiologist had admitting privileges to the hospital. 
So a routine doctor checkup, he took one look at me, called the hospital and said, admit this guy. I wound up having a cardioversion two days later, set my heart back in the right rhythm. About a week after that, I had to have it done again. And the rest is history. Were it not for the admitting privileges of my doctor, I might have died in his office. Or I might have died in my parents' car. I mean, who knows? reason I'm saying that is because when abortionists say this is perfectly safe and perfectly legal, but you don't hear the stories of women who bleed out during abortions. You don't hear the story of the tearing and the damage that's done. The fact that the abortion clinic didn't have easy access for an ambulance in case something went wrong. And the abortionists will deny that there's a problem. When those women go to those abortion clinics, if the abortionist does not have admitting privileges to the hospital and something goes wrong in the abortion, their chance of survival is very, very slim. So this case here with the Eighth Circuit Court in South Dakota is huge because, quite frankly, um, here's th this is the first major appellate court ruling since Dobbs. The fact that the lower court in South Dakota ruled against the statute that made it the law that every woman who wants to get an abortion in South Dakota has to go get an ultrasound at a pregnancy health center. Well, now here we are. We're about a couple months after Dobbs versus Jackson overturning Roe versus Wade. And here's what the Eighth Circuit Court said about continuing to block the law that requires women to go to a pro-life health center before they have an abortion. Quote, after review of the filings, this appeal is dismissed and the preliminary injunction, injunction is vacated. In other words, the law that lawmakers in South Dakota passed in May of 2011 stands, finally. And what's even more interesting about it is when it came time to go any further with this law, Planned Parenthood didn't even bother showing up. They knew it was a done deal. So good news with regard to the sanctity of human life and great work from our friends at the American Center for Law and Justice. We'll put this article up at thebottomlineshow.com. Some final thoughts on this case in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. Want to continue receiving income into retirement with little market risk? Dennis Wilson and Wilson Financial Services can help you secure a permanent income and benefits addressing your risk tolerance with professional advisory knowledge. You have a large 401k or IRA as your retirement nest egg. How about a four-dimensional plan that will pay you and your spouse income for life without stock market risk? How about we include inflation benefits so your income goes up annually? How about we include extra income benefits for long-term care? And if you need one or both, you both have it. That's right, permanent income inflation benefits, long-term care benefits with no market risk. We have put over $50 million of our clients' money in the 4D account in the last few years. These clients are sleeping way better at night. Learn more when you call Wilson Financial today at 800-696-9970. 800-696-9970. Wilson Financial for simply better alternatives. Welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and congratulations to our friends at uh, American Center for Law and Justice, Jay Sekulow and his outstanding team, for the victory with the Eighth Circuit Court. The pro-life law that South Dakota lawmakers passed in May of 2011 that simply says, if you are a woman who wants to get an abortion in South Dakota, before you can schedule an appointment at an abortion clinic, you have to go to a pregnancy health center. And while you're there, they could give you an ultrasound. They can give you a pregnancy test. They can give, explain all your options to you. And then you can go to the abortion clinic. It reminds me of the work our friends at Preborn are doing right now for expectant moms. Because at Preborn, basically, here's the deal. Ultrasound image, 
you show that to mom, you let her hear the heartbeat of the baby, a medical, medically trained staff member then says, okay, you're pregnant, here's about how far along you are, this is a picture of your baby, you heard the heartbeat, now here are your options. Option number one, congratulations, you're a mother. Option number two, there are thousands of couples dying, literally, of broken hearts because they can't conceive children on their own and they want to adopt. You could release that child for adoption knowing he or she is going to be in good hands. And then third, of course, the state law, if that's applicable in your state, says you can abort the child. 55% 55% of women who had abortions say, if someone had told me I could get an ado- I could do an adoption rather than an abortion, I would have taken the adoption. 83% of the women who go to preborn see the ultrasound and say, I'm choosing life. And 10% of the women last year whose babies were saved also saved their souls. They received the gift of salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. I can't stress, well, great work from our Christian legal team at, at the American Center for Law and Justice. And also, uh, I can't stress enough how important it is to lend your support to an organization like Preborn. Um, 833-850-BABY is the number to call. A $280 donation will provide ultrasounds for 10 women. Saves 10 babies, potentially. A $2,800 donation will save 100. A $1,400 donation will save... Uh, 50. You get you can do the math from there. 833-850-BABY, 833-850-2229, or go online to kbrightradio.com or thebottomlineshow.com and make your best tax-deductible donation today. I guarantee you will not regret making that donation to Preborn. Hey, let's take a quick break. And as we continue here on this Everyone Wednesday, Craig Huey's going to join me from Election Forum and the Reality Alert. We're going to talk about his voter guide. We're also going to talk about his outstanding book, The Christian Voter, which we have a link for up at thebottomlineshow.com. Seven non-negotiables for voting for and not against your values. And I encourage you to uh, take a look at this book because this book is something that uh, I think will definitely help you in this uh, year's voting cycle. But also, please know that we have not one, not two. We have 20 copies of this book to give away today. And it's Everyone Wednesday, so it looks like everyone's going to win a copy of this book. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. That's the number to get you through to the bottom line. Be patient. Lines are starting to fill up right now. Crystal and Teresa are doing their level best to get every, get to every call as soon as possible. 800-227-5278. Craig Huey joining me next as the bottom line continues. When a young mother hears her baby's heartbeat for the first time, everything changes. They know that's a baby. And when you partner with us and Preborn, you let them see the ultrasound image and God takes care of the rest. Roger Marsh here for Preborn, our newest member of the Bottom Line Show family. Preborn is helping women by helping them see their child on the ultrasound, hear that baby's heartbeat for the first time after getting that pregnancy test, and you'd be amazed at the results. So far for the first half of this year, more than 25,000 babies have been saved through Preborn, and 25 ultrasound machines have been placed. Now it costs $28 to provide a free ultrasound for a woman who who's facing an unplanned pregnancy and wondering what to do with the child. 
we tell her what option number three is in addition to option one and two. Option one, of course, you're a mom. Option two, legally, you can get abortion in some states. But option number three is adoption, and the ultrasound makes option number one or three much more palatable. Call 833-850-BABY right now. Make a $28 donation to save one life. Make a $28 a month donation to save a life each and every month. That's less than a dollar a day. 833 833- 850-BABY, 833-850-2229, or click the preborn banner when you go to kbrightradio.com today. Well, today on the bottom line is we are less than three weeks away from probably the most pivotal midterm election, I think, in American history. Uh, we're joined by Craig Huey with Election Forum. If you get his reality alert, well, if you don't get it, make sure you're getting it. Electionforum.org. Craig has put together one of the most comprehensive faith-based voting guides you will find anywhere and has even written a book on what it means to be a Christian voter here in the 21st century. Craig Huey, welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. Hey, Roger. It's great to be back with you. Well, I appreciate the fact that you kind of bounced back and forth between states and you were just out here in California last week with a couple of uh, uh, values voter summits, if you will. Uh, talk about what you tell people when you, you go to, you'll go to a church, several hundred people will, will come to hear you speak. And then they'll, you know, what kind of questions are they being asked? What kind of topics are you presenting? You, you know, what I do is I present what a Christian worldview is. And I present about how America was founded upon Christian principles. And, mm-hmm. and then we go into how to look at issues from a non-negotiable standpoint based mm. upon biblical uh, 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 issues, you know, like abortion. Uh, like religious liberty, the persecuted church, judicial activists, we'll cover those issues, and then we see how we apply it to the candidates that are running. And so the way our voter guide is, we give a five-point system for for someone who is just awesome. and goes down to a one-point where leave that position blank, vote against that candidate. They're the worst uh, 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 that you could imagine. And so uh, people were uh, so engaged. I think they were more engaged than in the last maybe two or three elections where we've mm-hmm. gone to church to church. And, and the, the engagement was still an optimism that something could be done, that the church could be mobilized. Right. So uh, the, the common questions were, how do we turn this around? How can, we, how can we stop what's happening in Sacramento? How can we stop what's happening uh, in, in Washington, D.C. And then the issue of inflation. Those mm-hmm. people who are retired, Roger, mm-hmm. they're suffering so much, and they're probably being hit the hardest. Everybody's being hit. And, and, and how do we turn that around? How do we lower these gas prices? How do we make it so that we're not falling behind but moving ahead in that, uh, really, when you get down to it, we we uh, we we've the average listener has lost thousands of dollars because of the most immoral tax there is, called inflation caused by the government. Mm-hmm. So th- th- that that was kind of the sense of what I got from the audience. But there was there was you know the rooms were packed, the churches were packed. People wanted to know what to do. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear that's such a good report from Craig Huey today here on the bottom line. Craig with electionforum.org and the reality alert. Craig's voter guide is, is, is top of the list for me in terms of referrals to people. People look at Roger's recommendations at thebottomlineshow.com. And we also link up electionforum.org because Craig does such a comprehensive job 
of helping us see these things. And you've outlined a lot of these principles you just talked about in your book called The Christian Voter, How to Vote For, Not Against Your Values to Transform Culture and Politics. We've got a link for that book up at thebottomlineshow.com, and I think we're going to find a copy or two or 12 of those to give away during our conversation here. Hey, Craig, let's take a look sure. at the prop. Let's take a look at the propositions for a second. Um, you do such a great job of covering the smaller areas of places like California in terms of city council judges, you know, board of waste management, you know, that that type of thing. Uh, but the propositions are something that hit all of us universally here in the People's Republic of California. There are seven of them. I know you're not fond of any of them. Help us understand. I mean, we talked a lot ad nauseum with Pastor Jack Hibbs yesterday about Proposition 1. Uh, can you walk us through just a kind of an overview of that one and then kind of guide us into 26, 27 and beyond? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, I think your readers probably know quite a bit about Proposition 1. Mm-hmm. And when I, when I talk about that, that bill, um, it is really the partial birth abortion bill. It, it, it is going to uh, put into the California Constitution that abortion is a right. It takes away the protections right now that most people, when they think of abortion, even if they're for it, they're against the idea of killing a baby even up to the day of birth, killing a baby uh, that would be viable outside the womb. In fact, the way the bill is right now, it's so badly written uh, that uh, if, if a baby was born alive, they still could kill that baby. Mm. And, uh, and sadly, right now, what we find, Roger, and I, I, I'm seeing it over and over, we're finding the pastors and church leadership silent on this issue. Mm. Here's the thing with it. Kansas, all the polls show that when, uh, after the Supreme Court decision that said that abortion is up to the states, they were, uh, had a, a proposition that people voted on to strengthen the protection of the unborn. All the polls showed that was going to win. But what happened was the radical small group of, uh, of, of, of activists, socialist Democrat activists, were able to identify their voters and bring them to the poll. Well, the people in the church didn't vote. Mm-hmm. Well, the people in the church didn't bring their, their, their uh, family and their friends and people in their Bible studies out. They, 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 they did uh, a, a horrible job, and it was, it was a, a shockwave mm-hmm. because that bill lost. And, yeah. and abortion was not restricted in Kansas. And what's happening here in California is the same thing. i got to give the Catholic Church credit, Roger. Um, they have invested uh, most of the money for the no on Proposition 1. 60% of all the $2 million raised has been from the Catholic Church, 500000 from the Knights of Columbus. <laughs> but all they're doing is producing videos or billboards or, you know, things that are not going to get out the vote and mobilize people. What has the opposition done? They've spent $12.5 million so far. Uh, five million of it from the Federated Indians and a million from the California Medical Association mm-hmm. to promote this this uh, this tsunami of slaughter proposition you could call it. it, it you know, it's a radical partial birth abortion. Uh, and Roger, 
uh, it looks like it's going to win. So far, 69% of the people say yes, 25% say no, 6% are undecided. And here's the thing. Every listener needs to look at their email, look at their text, look at their uh, uh, people that contact on Facebook and Instagram. Look at people and be warriors of getting people to the poll with a recognition, Roger, that people will say, yes, I'll vote against this but they won't go out and, and vote. Right. And so they got to make sure they send in that ballot. They got to make sure they go to the poll and they've got to be the warriors because the opposition's doing that. Yeah. They're working hard. They're working overtime. And Craig Huey is speaking gospel truth to us today here on the bottom line with regard to the horrors of the bill that is called proposition one, the forces that are working against it, uh, including, I mean, it just breaks my Part to think that the California Medical Association, which is supposed to, you know, first do no harm, would actually be in favor of this, this bill that would basically legalize abortion up until labor and delivery. But you mentioned something, Craig, and I don't want to gloss over this as we continue our conversation. And that is the fact that it would enshrine in the Constitution, the constitutional right yes. to abortion. This, there's yes. a part on the stopprop1.com site that said, look, the section of this bill is intended to further the constitutional right to privacy guaranteed in Section 1 and the constitutional right to not be denied equal protection. They're tying all these things together that have nothing to do with abortion, but they're trying to cozy on up. And quite frankly, brothers and sisters, if you don't think it isn't possible, ask yourself the question, how did the largest provider of abortions in America, Planned Parenthood, somehow qualify as a federally qualified health care center? I mean, the fact that your community health clinic that's really doing community health work is also under the same umbrella as far as the federal government concerns as the leading slaughter agency of babies in America. It's just, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever, and yet uh, this is on the ballot, and this is part of the reason why we need to get out to vote. Craig Huey is with me today here on The Bottom Line. Electionforum.org is the website. You want to find his voter guide there for California, not only California, but Pick your county. The county, there are 58 counties in California. Look at the comprehensive county list he has. Click there, and it'll tell you about local races, about the redistrict maps uh, for the U.S. congressional races, and more of uh, the things that you need come Election Day. We'll take a quick break, and when we come back, more looking at the propositions and at the voter guide uh, with Craig Huey coming up next as the bottom line continues. Don't overpay on interest and fees by going with the wrong lender. Newport Bay Mortgage won't charge you points on your reverse mortgage wherever it is possible for them to do so. You will have peace of mind with the possibility of having additional cash to draw from to pay for unexpected expenses. Owner Cliff and his team do what they can to maximize the amount of cash available to you while minimizing the cost of closing. The result of having another stream of income relieves stress that you didn't even know was there. You'll save thousands by working with Newport Bay Mortgage because they avoid charging you points and they will never tack on unnecessary fees. When considering ways to relieve financial stress in, before, or for retirement, you need Newport Bay Mortgage. Visit kbrightradio.com slash reverse. Contact Cliff today. Call 714-741-8080, 714-741-8080, NMLS three three two five five nine. Newport Bay Mortgage is an equal opportunity housing lender. Craig Huey is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. Electionforum.org is where you find Craig's voter guide. Voter, it's very comprehensive. It's faith-based. It, based, it is 
Reflecting Your Values at the Polls. Craig is also the author of the outstanding book that we'll be giving away here at the end of our conversation today here, literally just called The Christian Voter, How to Vote For, Not Against Your Values to Transform Culture and Politics. That link is up at thebottomlineshow.com. Craig, before the break, we were talking about the California propositions. We spent a rather exhaustive time looking at Proposition 1. Uh, let's take a look at the, the rest of them, if you would, kind of give us a general overview. And, of course, you can see all of Craig's recommendations at electionforum.org, but kind of take us on a tour of 26 through 31. Sure. Well, like Proposition 1, Roger, 26 and 27 are constitutional amendments, something where once it's passed, it's almost totally impossible uh, to get out uh, uh, of the Constitution. So that in itself is a reason to vote no on 26 and 27. Now, 26 and 27 are the dueling initiatives, and basically they're about legalized betting of professional college and amateur sports, which people, of course, right now are doing on the black market. And what 26 is, it's from the Indian tribes, the, the casinos, that want to have a monopoly and stop any competition from MGM or private companies. And uh, it, it basically what's, what's happening with that, uh, it, it just outlaws any competition with them. And, uh, you know, they say, you know, a certain amount of money will go for addiction, what have you, to make it sound good. Here's this fact, Roger. They have spent $124 million to support huh. this. 43 million against it. And right now, 45% of the people say yes, 33 uh, no, and 22% un, uh, undecided. Now, the dueling one is 27. That one is the private companies who basically are trying to uh, stop it from uh, this online gambling and, uh, and sports betting from being at the Indian reservations and that they could do it. And they're spending $170 million. Uh, uh, for it, and the Indians are spending 215 million against it, uh, and the polling is showing that uh, uh, it's 34 uh, percent yes, 54 percent no, and 12 percent undecided. Roger, I'm recommending a no on both of them because they're both corrupt, they're both wrong, and you don't even have to think about if it's good to have online betting or not. It's just it's a we're both corrupt initiatives. Yeah, it's and, interesting um, because, well, it seems to me, Craig Huey, that when you look at 26 and 27, they'll find someone from a Native American group to kind of prop in front of their bill and say, we support this. And they look all sour and dour and everything. But you have to wonder, well, who's really benefiting from this? And quite frankly, it looks more like organized crime is benefiting from 26 and 27 than anything else. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's really bad. And then 28, it's not much better uh, on the surface. A lot of people may say, hey, this really sounds good. But it's an education initiative that gives more money out of the general fund, uh, state fund, demanding that be allocated for music and arts in schools. I, I've given it the, uh, the uh, pork award. It's just wasteful earmarking, uh, uh, you know, and what it does, it's not helping the kids read. We have the richest state in the nation. Kids can't read. We, we got a situation where literacy, we're, we're number 50 in, in, in all the states. Uh, it, it, this does nothing to help with that. What it does, it, uh, it provides 80% of uh, the funds to new teachers, and, uh, and we're saying both no on that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and, you know, it's interesting because you mentioned the literacy part of California yeah. education. And it's like, well, they're 50th in literacy, but they're number one in being woke. 
right? You know, and understanding what the PC part is. And I don't, when you get to the, you know, the adult years of life, I don't think that's the call. I mean, the scripture is clear that we are to get wisdom above everything yeah. else, not wokeness. So anyway, but please continue. Yeah. What about 29, 30, and 31? Well, 29 is the SEIU death bill. It, it sounds familiar. It's about dialysis centers. Uh, there, there's 650 in California, 80,000 people receiving it. These are private centers. It's the third time it's on the ballot. Third time I'm telling people to vote no because it basically is to have a government takeover of dialysis centers, and it's just a bad, bad bill. So we're recommending no on 29. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Agreed. How about 30? 30? Oh, my goodness. This one, right now we have a problem with people uh, – Business owners, people who create jobs in California, 5.5 businesses a week are leaving. Why are they leaving? Because we're the number one high tax state in the nation, and uh, and, and and we have the highest income tax. You know, 13.3 percent. It's going to uh, spike it up by 1.75 percent to 14.85, hmm. so almost a 15 percent income tax in California. What for? to do what Biden's uh, infrastructure bill does, Biden's uh, so-called Inflation Reduction Act does, it's going to provide uh, subsidies to low income to be able to get electric cars. It's going to put uh, electric uh, uh, stations throughout California. And, uh, and uh, you know, they, they, uh, uh, it, it's really duplicating what's already being done, but it's mm -hmm. going to destroy the economic base here in California, right. and it's immoral to me to, to, uh, to tax somebody on the state level of 15 percent. So we're yeah, saying you could, no on 30. Yeah, yeah, Craig Huey with me from Election Forum, electionforum.com, also judgevoterguide.com. Craig, you could take every penny of wealth from the so-called super wealthy that would be impacted by this. It still wouldn't pay down government deficits. It still wouldn't accomplish what they want to accomplish. And when did the electricity cartel become so all-powerful, right? That they're literally oh, pushing yeah. well, petroleum we... companies out. Electricity in and of itself is not the solution. And yet, for some reason, people just have been brainwashed into thinking, you know, that's the way to go. Uh, take us quickly through Prop 31, because I want to give you a couple minutes sure. to talk about the judge voters. Sure. Right as well. Yep. Yeah, yeah. 31 is what I call the nanny bill, the micromanage our lives award for 2022. <laughs> and basically, you know, um, I don't smoke. I don't want people to smoke. But, you know, to use the power of government to be able to micromanage people's lives. Mm -hmm. Right now, it's illegal for kids under, you know, kids to be able to get cigarettes. Kids try to get them anyway. There's nothing right. you can do about it. Uh, this bill does nothing to stop kids from getting it. What it does, it helps set up more bureaucracy and more control in the state mm -hmm. of California and where, where our individual decisions are being guided by bureaucrats. And the fact is, even as Christians, to fight against the intrusion on our individual rights, we need to downsize government. This yes. is the largest government. Amen. So we're saying vote no on this. Yeah, wholeheartedly recommend that and agree with that as well. Craig Huey with electionforum.org is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. We always recommend that you check Roger's recommendations at thebottomlineshow.com, but also click onto Election Forum and sign up for the Reality Alert newsletter. Uh, Craig does such a great job of keeping his readers informed, and you, you make appearances on radio and podcast. You're everywhere, including hosting your own. We have a couple minutes left here, Craig, and the judgevoterguide.com website 
really caught my eye this time uh, simply for this election cycle because we see so many bad decisions made on the bench, oh, I mean, so much legislating yeah. from, from behind there that we're, it's, so, it's so important. And yet I know I've been in that situation, too, where you look at the ballot, you see judges' names on there, and you're like, I don't know this man. I don't know this woman. You know, am I really voting for the right person? Uh, what do you use as your criteria, Craig Huey, for, for evaluating the judges that you do? Because you do this for all 50 states. It's really comprehensive. That's correct. Uh, the only place you can find in, uh, in uh, you know, all 50 states covered with these judges. And the judges today are very dangerous to our religious liberty, to our yes. economic health. And um, the, you got these judges who are really socialists or, or progressive liberals that want to legislate from the bench and, and, and not allow Cong Congress or the Assembly or state Senate, not let, allow them to legislate like they're supposed to. They right. make the law. The judges are making the law. That's called a judicial activist. A strict constructionist is one who interprets the Constitution, will not make law. These are more conservative judges. These are the ones we want. These will protect our rights. And in California, uh, they have two types of elections. One's a retention election for the California Supreme Court and for the appellate court just below the Supreme Court. And uh, uh, with the retention election, sadly, people don't know how to vote for them because the judges, Roger, don't want you to know how to vote for them. Right, right. And if so 70, 75 percent of the judges are reelected or, or uh, you know, I'm sorry, 70, 75 percent of the people vote yes, because in a retention election, you vote yes or no. And 70, 75% say yes. Last time uh, people said no was 1986 with Rose Bird and two mm. other judges were voted out because of their decision on the, the, how they decided on capital punishment. So in this Supreme Court race, very, very important, very, very important for people to know, vote no. On the appellate race, we have seven that are yes, and they've got to vote yes. Now, here's the dirty little secret of the left. Their voters' guides tell them how to vote for judicial activists. But Republicans, conservatives, independents, libertarians, Christians, they usually leave these blank. So mm -hmm. we could turn this around if people yes. would vote the right way in judges. And then in the judges, um, there's basically just in uh, San Diego and uh, and uh, and. Los Angeles, Orange County, Riverside, there, there's about eight yeses and about 35 noes uh, for the appellate court and for the superior court. Superior court is where you actually vote one judicial candidate against the other. Mm -hmm. Big money from the radical left go into these races. Mm -hmm. And we've got to defeat the what I labeled as the one and two star. Those are the progressive judicial activists we got to make sure that the strict constructions win roger right here in southern california as well as throughout uh uh you know california and the nation there are these type of races where there are people who get five stars they're outstanding candidates they're strict constructionists they may get four stars where they're amazing they'll protect us and they'll they'll do the right thing we need to vote the right way on these judges because they have more impact than a congressman or assemblyman or state senator or many of these other races. Yeah, what, very, very, very true. And these are the times where the left, especially progressives, will sneak in 
their own ideologies through a candidate for a judicial position that a lot of the general public doesn't even know exists and doesn't even know that person yeah. exists until they start handing down crazy decisions overturning marriage and and the sanctity of human life and things of that nature exactly Craig, Craig Huey, you always do such a great job, and I know we're going to have an opportunity again to talk with you right before the election on November 8th. But electionforum.org, judgevoterguide.com, these are two websites that I highly recommend you uh, bookmark and refer to often. Now that live ballots are being mailed into people's homes, you can actually make that voting decision at home using the good recommendation resources that we have up at thebottomlineshow.com. Craig Huey, always a pleasure. Thanks for being with us today here on The Bottom Line. Thanks, Roger. Well, this is a powerful book. It's a powerful resource to have, especially in time for the election. And I encourage you to give us a call right now, 800-227-5278. Craig Huey's new book called The Christian Voter, Seven Non-Negotiables for Voting for, Not Against Your Values. Uh, you can, how to vote, a, I mean, literally the subtitle is How to Vote for, Not Against Your Values to Transform Culture and Politics. 800 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. And it's interesting because when you think about uh, this book right now and just the timing of this, this is the first time Craig and I have been able to get together this election season. And the fact that uh, we have this opportunity, uh, he is providing 20 different copies of this book. 20 to give away here on the Bottom Line Show today. That's an exclusive for Bottom Line Show listeners. So uh, it's Everyone Wednesday, and something tells me everybody who calls in for this book today is going to get it. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number that gets you through to the bottom line. In the book, Craig outlines what he terms are the non-negotiables. There are seven of them that you can... Uh, the, really take to the bank with regard to our faith in Christ. And it's so important for us to, to understand what these non-negotiables are. Um, the fact that there are people who oftentimes will profess faith in Christ, but don't hold a traditional Christian worldview. Um, the war on Christianity has gone gotten more intense. We see this happening worldwide, and it is coming here to the U.S. We need to vote for candidates for Congress people, senators and the like, who understand what God says about Israel and making sure that that state is, is protected. There are state and local issues to, to take into consideration. And one of the things that Craig's election forum website, just go to electionforum.org. There's a link there for the judgevoterguide.com. As Craig and I were just talking about, judicial elections are often for lifetime appointments. And when you think about the judges who will legislate from the bench, the whole issue with same-sex quote-unquote marriage did not start necessarily because a ton of gay activists swarmed Capitol Hill and took their case to the Supreme Court. It started with small little victories in these local district and appellate courts that went unchallenged. And pretty soon it becomes the, uh, what they, the it's like the, uh, the camel who gets his nose under the tent, right? There's no way a camel can keep nosing under the tent without eventually knocking the tent over. And so uh, the idea that when you're living in a world where the media is biased and mocks our Christian faith, when the social media world will just censor it flat out, and they present the false anti-biblical, not unbiblical, but anti-biblical worldview, a book like The Christian Voter is a key 
resource to have. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. That's the number to get you through to the bottom line for Craig Huey's book, The Christian Voter. For our KCBC listeners, enjoy the rest of your day. We've got uh, uh, Rabbi Schneider and Discovering the Jewish Jesus coming up. For those who remain on the network, a couple of interesting phenomenon, things that might have uh, kind of fallen under the radar, uh, off the radar and gone under the wire uh, that we in the body of Christ need to pay attention to. Let's take a look at those coming up next as the bottom line continues. Well, welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Everyone Wednesday today, and of course the phones are going ballistic right now at 800-227-5278. We have 20 copies of Craig Huey's book called The Christian Voter to give away right now. And we're giving them away since it's Everyone Wednesday. And if you didn't hear my conversation with Craig, I highly recommend you go to the archives at thebottomlineshow.com and listen to it. Because, quite frankly, um, it's, it's very eye-opening, the fact that uh, Craig has been able to pinpoint some of the key areas that we as Christians need to vote for and other areas that we should be voting against. And I often say when it comes to the primaries, we vote our values. We vote for things. When it comes to the general election, you have to vote against things. But I think Craig made an excellent point during the last half hour that you can do both. You can vote for your values and against evil in the world when you, uh, you know, are willing to put up your vote. And your vote really is priceless. Uh, if you haven't registered to vote yet, I think there's still time. Register and then make sure you participate in this year's midterm elections. There's so much activity with the midterms this year. A lot of times the midterms are kind of throwaway elections, and it's the general election year that has all the pomp and circumstance. But this year I think uh, we're looking at something totally different. So, uh, by the way, if you want to find my voter guide, Craig's voter guide, ivoterguide.com, and My Faith Votes, uh, you can find all of that at thebottomlineshow.com. Click on the link that says Roger's Recommendations. You'll find mine there, and you should find links to the others as well. If not, drop us a line, and Tamara will make sure that that is activated properly. For your computer, um, you know, it's interesting. We've been talking a lot about the sanctity of human life talking a lot about people who are willing to spend a lot of money to advance certain causes and things of that nature. And there was a story that caught my eye here just this morning that um, I I was really intrigued with because of, well, I'll, I'll share the report. It's from NBC News. And it involves a philanthropist giving a massive gift to an organization that used to have a certain measure of, uh, uh, I think, uh, well, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, they used to have a certain measure of uh, cachet, if you will, with the American people. And now they have not. They've kind of fallen into, uh, they've fallen out of favor with uh, a lot of people, especially in the body of Christ. But this is a tough go when you think about it, because if you're part of a church that sponsors a Boy Scout troop or a Girl Scout troop and still maintains a relationship with each of those organizations, you know they've been through a lot of changes of late and they're trying to keep up with the times and there's a lot of, I hate to call it the seedy underbelly of American business and capitalism and whatnot. But when you think about organizations like the Boy Scouts, which was founded over 100 years ago as an organization that was designed to uphold biblical values and to literally help build young boys into strong, productive, reliable, good, trustworthy men. Um, remember, the Eagle Scout 
used to mean if you had an Eagle Scout applying for your college or trying to get work at your company, you knew that the fact that they had earned the Eagle Scout rank meant something. Same thing with the Girl Scouts. And again, I have to admit, I have uh, two daughters who grew up in my home and two other daughters who are my lovely wife Lisa's uh, and mine together, my bonus kids. And uh, I think the only, uh, Emily and Kaylee both did uh, Girl Scouts for a little while. Came out of done brownies once. It just wasn't their thing. Their idea of Girl Scouts was playing in the marching band and playing soccer. That, I mean, that, that was a lot of fun for them. But I know many people who are faith-based families who have long-time good-standing relationships with the scouting organizations. But I also know, too, that over the past, I'll say, 25 years, both organizations have kind of fallen into a, uh, a pattern, if you will, where they're being far more influenced by the world than by their original moorings, as it were. The Girl Scouts of America uh, has really fallen on some hard times of late with, in terms of their uh, uh, leadership, um, the organization on the whole, uh, how they, um, well, really just how they're perceived in the culture based on what they're trying to do. Juliet Gordon Lowe, also known as Daisy, started the Girl Scouts back in 1912 in Savannah, Georgia. The first Girl Scout troop was made up of 18 girls, and they had a mission, and it was singular in focus. Literally, I mean, when you take the idea of Girl Scouting and the history of Scouting and see where it's come today in 110 years, it's interesting. I mean, at its peak... Girl Scouts of America had 3.7 million members. When Juliet Gordon Lowe met Robert Baden Powell, who was the founder of Boy Scouts of America, uh, he met. They met in 1911. Once she got back to Savannah, she called a cousin of hers and said, "Hey, I've got something for girls in Savannah and all of America and all of the world, and it's going to start tonight." Girl Scouts of America started the next year. And here they are uh, 110 years later, and the membership is interesting. I mentioned just a moment ago the uh, 3.7 million at its peak, peak membership for Girl Scouts. Um, today, membership in the Girl Scouts of America is 1.7 million. 1.7 million girls also reflects 750,000 adults who help out in leadership capacities. Um, it's interesting because I don't know if you ever remember the Campfire Girls. At one point, uh, Juliet Gordon Lowe suggested that the Girl Scouts, or the Girl Guides as they were first called, uh, merge with the Campfire Girls, and that didn't work out. So the Girl Guides of America changed their name to the Girl Scouts of America in 1913. They were incorporated in 1915. They moved to New York City. The current form is Girl Scouts of the United States of America, uh, was incorporated in 1947, and they had a congressional charter issued for March 16th of 1950. They started with the 18 members. Within months, they were doing the badge-level things. By 1920, eight years later, they were up to 70,000 members. By 1923, they had branches in every state of the Union, which, of course, did not include Alaska and Hawaii, but they were also in Alaska, Hawaii, and Puerto Rico. Membership then was 125,000. By 1930, it was 200,000. By 2013, it was 3.2 million, but that was down from 
3.7, and the membership totaled 2.3 million girls and another 800,000 adults. Today, there are over 100 councils all across the United States of America. The Juliet Gordon Lowe birthplace in Savannah, Georgia, in the former Gordon home, has become the National Girl Scout Program Center. That happened in 1956. She passed away in 1927. And she left her carriage house to the Savannah Girl Scouts for continued use. I mean, she was serious about this. During World War II, many young Japanese-American girls were confined in internment camps and Girl Scout troops were organized in the camps. Boy, that's a whole separate conversation back then. But the Girl Scouts does have kind of a weird history going beyond that as well. And what has happened to Girl Scouting in America over the past 20 years is somewhat fascinating. I want to get into that because the reason for sharing the story is because of a massive donation that was made to the Girl Scouts of America by a woman by the name of Mackenzie Scott. Now, you may be familiar with the name Mackenzie Scott because she's an American novelist. She's a philanthropist. She recently ended her marriage to a a science teacher in the Seattle area. They were only married for a couple of years. But before that, she was married to another guy you may have heard of. His name is Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos is the guy who founded Amazon.com. Mackenzie Scott was his wife when he was starting up Amazon, and she wound up getting a pretty hefty settlement when it turned out that he had been stepping out on her with a woman called Lauren Sanchez, who used to be a reporter for Fox News in Los Angeles. So now Mr. Bezos is with Lauren Sanchez. I don't know if they got married or not. It doesn't matter. The Bloomberg Billionaires Index ranks the 500 wealthiest people in the world. Mackenzie Scott, by virtue of her divorce decree and settlement with Jeff Bezos, is the 41st richest person in the world. She and Bezos divorced in 2019. She stood to inherit $35 billion from this guy. As it stands right now, she promised that she would give away at least half of her fortune to charities. And over the past three years, she has given away nearly $8 billion of that money. Earlier this week, she donated $84.5 million of those dollars to the Girl Scouts of the USA and the 29 local councils that have been selected of the 100 councils that are part of it. Now, the money is going to go to some interesting things, at least according to NBC News. But maybe the bigger question is, why would somebody spend, put this much money into an organization that really has moved so far away from its original calling that there are better opportunities that have actually come up for young girls to be part of the scouting world? We'll talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues. Let Wilson Financial Services help you identify proprietary financial strategies for your wealth that work for your life. Let's revisit our one-year CD. Had a client who had $500,000 of retained earnings in his corporation for the last three years. I said, if you'd have put that into this account three years ago, you'd have seventy-five dollars to $100,000 of interest versus what you have now, which is a nice round number. Had a client sell his house, had 450000 in the bank. I told him, is he really not likely to buy a house in the next 12 months? You want to leave this in the bank earning nothing? Or would you like to earn some interest on it over the next 12 months? 
So he said, how much? I said, well, how about between 20 and 30,000? He says, zero versus 20 or 30,000. Yeah, he says, I like the 20 or 30,000. Sounds better. Aren't you tired of earning nothing with all the money you have in the bank? Call 800-696-9970. 800-696-9970. Or go to kbrightradio.com forward slash Wilson Financial for simply better alternatives. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh doing analysis, balance, and clarity on why or what is behind the $84.5 million gift by American novelist Mackenzie Scott, better known as the first wife of Jeff Bezos, who founded Amazon.com, now owns the Washington Post, owns Whole Foods Markets, and a variety of other business interests. By virtue of her $35 billion divorce decree in 2019, even after giving away $8 billion of her fortune, uh, Mackenzie Scott still ranks as the 41st richest person in the world. Her recent uh, depletion of her assets is an $84.5 million gift to the Girl Scouts of the USA, including nearly $3 million of that to the Orange County Council. So that's of great concern to us here in the uh, Southern California area. According to the news release from the Girl Scouts, quote, the money will go toward creating more equitable membership opportunities in underserved areas, expanding programming and career readiness and mental health, and exploring STEM fields, science, technology, engineering, mathematics. Bolstering research, staff, and volunteer training and upgrading Girl Scout facilities to be more accessible and resilient to climate change, among other things. I'm sorry, I have to chuckle every time I see the climate change thing. For one main reason, and that's it. As Christians, we are called to care for the environment. Can I get an amen? At the same time, though, a lot of the things that the world is coming up with that allegedly care for the environment really don't help. They cost far more uh, they take a heavier toll on the environment. The solar panels you have on your roof, that electric car you might be driving. And again, I'm not suggesting that you should, you know, d run away from, you know, alternatives to the fossil fuels and things like that that could be detrimental. But please play the movie out. Play out that scene. Ask the question. I'm driving an electric car. What did it take? to create the batteries for this? What, how much lithium was taken from the, the, the earth? How much more toxic is this battery since it's not biodegradable? It's not easily reusable. I mean, automobiles right now, most of the parts are reusable, reparable. You know, you can rebuild them with a lot of electric batteries. Right now, you can't. Do we have a power grid that can support them? The list goes on. <clears throat> so to say we're going to make Girl Scout facilities more accessible, okay, for people with different needs, I get that. Resilient to climate change, okay, you can only imagine what that involves. Sophia Chang is the Girl Scouts' first Asian-American CEO. She said that Scott's gift, quote, is a great accelerator for our ongoing efforts to help girls cultivate the skills and connections needed to lead in their own communities and globally. Now, one of the biggest problems the Girl Scouts of America has is the fact that they're fighting off scouting, which used to be called Boy Scouts of America, that had to go bankrupt and reorganize because of two things, two competing forces in the Boy Scouting world. You know what they are. The first is pressure from the culture to be more, uh, <clears throat> how should we say, inclusive of people in the LGBTQ community. Scouting, by definition, has always attracted a healthy component of men in the LGBTQ world 
who want to be scout leaders and want to be around young boys. Now I know people would say, wait a minute, that doesn't mean they're sexual predators. It doesn't, but it does lead to the second problem. If the overabundance of those types of men volunteering in scout troops hasn't been for predatory purposes and grooming purposes, then why are the Boy Scouts of America now known as scouting because they were forced into bankruptcy because of the hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars of claims against them in sexual harassment and sexual molestation lawsuits over the years? Girl Scouts of America, or they're Girl Scouts of the USA, has uh, had their similar share of struggles, trying to identify to the LGBTQ community, trying to, you know, figure out what their identity is. And then let's not forget the fact, too, that Boy Scouts, which is now called scouting, will also let women, girls, into the troops. As a matter of fact, I I still remember this picture. I've got it in my mind, etched in my mind. The progress report that was given saying, isn't this great? We finally have an an all-girl Boy Scout troop. And I just had to chuckle because... The irony was once was not lost on me. The left is trying so hard for equality among the sexes that they would destroy the Boy Scouts of America and an institution that was designed to uphold masculinity and good masculine values in the culture. Not toxic, but good healthy ones has now been reduced to a female leader with an all girl troop calling themselves Boy Scouts. Of course, when it comes to the Girl Scouts, though, I mean, Mackenzie Scott has high hopes. $84.5 million to the Girl Scouts of the USA? Trying to help them, uh, what did Sophia Chang said? It's a, this gift is a great accelerator for our ongoing efforts to help girls cultivate the skills and connections needed to lead in their own communities and globally. Uh, the Girl Scouts claims membership of 2.5 million, but that includes 750,000 adult volunteers. And they now are allowing transgender girls to be a part of this as well. But something else that people don't talk about when it comes to Girl Scouts of the USA is their affiliation with the abortion world and Planned Parenthood. And the gift of 84.5 million from Mackenzie Scott pales in comparison to the $275 million she donated this month. And this is how NBC describes it. Scott's gift is at least her second record donation this year to an organization focused mainly on serving girls and women. In March, she donated $275 million to women's health care provider Planned Parenthood, which went to the provider's national office and 21 regional affiliates. It was the largest donation from a single donor in the more than 100-year history, Planned Parenthood said at the time. In a post with Medium.com this year, that's a publication, not a spiritual thing, uh, Scott says she has donated more than $3.8 billion to over 465 nonprofit organizations just since June of 2021. She has four children with Jeff Bezos. They were married in 1993. They were divorced in 2019. Their split left her with 4% of Amazon's outstanding common stock, which made her the third largest shareholder in the company. $84 $84 million to the Girl Scouts, $275 million to Planned Parenthood, all to advance the cause of women, or so she claims. Not realizing that Planned Parenthood, 
Well, let's see. Remember the old uh, feminist line, a woman without a man is like a duck without a bicycle? How about a woman without Planned Parenthood is like a... No one needs abortion. Ever. Fewer than 3% of abortions are to preserve the life of the mother's health. Everything else can be solved medically, either in the womb or in the hospital, by delivering the child early and caring for the child. What happened to the values? Girl Scouts of America and transgender, what if you're espousing femininity from a biblical worldview and here comes this boy who thinks he wants to be a girl in the group? How do you deal with that? You can deal with it lovingly and compassionately, but may I offer two alternatives to what the world has to say about this? I'll talk about both of those on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues. When a young mother hears her baby's heartbeat for the first time, everything changes. They know that's a baby. And when you partner with us and Preborn, you let them see the ultrasound image and God takes care of the rest. Roger Marsh here for Preborn, our newest member of the Bottom Line Show family. Preborn is helping women by helping them see their child on the ultrasound, hear that baby's heartbeat for the first time after getting that pregnancy test, and you'd be amazed at the results. So far, for the first half of this year, more than 25,000 babies have been saved through Preborn, and 25 ultrasound machines have been placed. Now, it costs $28 to provide a free ultrasound for a woman who's facing an unplanned pregnancy and wondering what to do with the child. We tell her what option number three is in addition to option one and two. Option one, of course, you're a mom. Option two, legally, you can get abortion in some states. But option number three is adoption, and the ultrasound makes option number one or three much more palatable. Call 833-850-BABY right now. Make a $28 donation to save one life. Make a $28 a month donation to save a life each and every month. That's less than a dollar a day. 833-850-BABY, 833-850-2229, or click the preborn banner when you go to kbrightradio.com today. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Actually, I said before the break, we had two alternatives to talk about here in the final five minutes or so of the program. I actually meant three. First of all, please know it's Everyone Wednesday, so if you've been calling in for Craig Huey's book, keep calling, 800-227-5278. The Christian Voter, you'll have it in time for the election. He talks about the seven non-negotiables for Christians. If you didn't hear my conversation with Craig in the last half hour, Please go back to thebottomlineshow.com or check us out at myhopenow.com and you can see that conversation in its entirety. Um, the resources here, we're talking about Mackenzie Scott, the first wife of Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon. She still owns 4% of Amazon stock, so she's got plenty of money. But she just made two donations this year that actually fly in the face of biblical wisdom. One was an $84.5 million gift to the Girl Scouts of America that are embracing anything but biblical femininity. And the other, $275 million donation to Planned Parenthood so that more women can kill their children in the womb. Now, here are the solutions. Um, there are three solutions. First solution, for Girl Scouting alternatives, you have to go with Patty Garibay's outstanding group, American Heritage Girls, ahg.org. Patty's been a regular guest here on the Bottom Line Show. It's funny how Girl Scouts of the USA started in the same way that AHG did. Back in 1912, Juliet Gordon Lowe met the founder of Scouting and uh, Boy Scouts of America and said, hey, I want to do that for girls. 
when the Girl Scouts started to get a little too off the rails in terms of political correctness back in the early 90s, Patty Garibay started American Heritage Girls in her living room for her daughter and 12 friends. And now they're in 25 different chapters everywhere. It's, it's a great organization. Side order for that is also Mark Hancock and Trail Life, which is a great Boy Scouts alternative for young men and their dads and uncles and anybody else who wants to provide a biblical roadmap for godly masculinity. Uh, Trail Life is a great resource as well. We'll put that link up at thebottomlineshow.com. And finally, when it comes to alternatives to Planned Parenthood, there are too numerous to mention, but the one that's near and dear to my heart is Preborn. Preborn partners with pregnancy health centers, the old crisis pregnancy centers, and gives women the opportunity once they think they're pregnant or find out that they are pregnant to get an ultrasound view of their baby. When woman meets baby via ultrasound, that love story begins and you hear the heartbeat, you see that little kid moving around and all of a sudden you say, yes, 83 out of 100 women who go to a preborn clinic this week will see that ultrasound that they got for free because people like you donated and then they'll say, I want to keep the kid or I want to release the child for adoption. Go to kbrightradio.com or thebottomlineshow.com. You'll find a picture of an adorable little baby in a banner ad. You click on that baby and you can make a donation online to our friends at uh, Preborn. I just received another call for a $140 donation that will save five more kids because their moms will get to meet them via the ultrasound. So it's $28 per ultrasound. It's $140 for five. It's $280 for 10. It's $1,400 for 50. It's $2,800 for 100 kids. And by the way, if you and your corporation would like to donate enough for an ultrasound machine, it costs $15,000 to place that ultrasound machine in a preborn clinic. Completely tax deductible. If your business wants to do it, maybe God has blessed your family immensely this year and you have the means to do it as you're considering your year-end giving, I highly recommend a gift like this to preborn. Can you imagine what preborn could do or American Heritage Girls or Trail Life could do with an $84 million donation from Mackenzie Scott or a $275 million donation. But here's the good news. In God's economy, little is much. The smallest seed yields the largest tree, the mustard seed. Use that in proportion. God is not interested in how many millions of dollars you have to donate. Please remember first and foremost, it's all his anyway. Secondly, God has done so much with so little for so long. What's the old adage? That now he can do anything with nothing. Because literally, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth out of nothing. The idea that we need to have $275 million, eh, you don't have to start that big. A $28 donation saves one life. And think of what that one life can do in the family that that life grows up in and the influence that they have at their school and then on the job and then at their church and then they get married and have kids of their own and then you see where where that goes and that started with 28 bucks brothers and sisters i spent three times that much on dinner the other night i wasn't really happy about that but it does motivate you to start looking at the money that god has blessed you with and ask the question how are we sowing those seeds what kind of How am I spending my vote? How much time did I take to actually vote and cast a ballot that might be the deciding factor in a piece of legislation that could change somebody's mind about eternity? Think more heavenly minded, but know that you are called to do earthly good while you're here on earth for such a time as this. That's the good news of the gospel, and that's the bottom line.